It's time now for Here's the Thing, a show that's all about you with your host, Lauren Cardinal, a board-certified hypnotist and results coach. If you're looking to make a positive change this year, learn lifelong tools to reduce stress and be present. If you're stuck and need to remove the blocks that are from success and happiness in the areas of your life, or if you want to get a new perspective on things, well, it's time to talk to Lauren Cardinal. To talk to Lauren, call 732 748 1079. That's 732 748 1079. And now, here's your host, Lauren Cardinal. Good evening. Thank you for joining me. For here's the thing I'm Lauren Cardinal, your host. Is it time for change? If you want change in your life, it starts with changing your mind. Thank you for listening and welcome. I'm grateful to those of you listening live on 107.9 FM or online right now, and to the Sussex County listening audience at 97.5 FM, and thank you to my podcast listeners far and wide, Tokyo and now Germany as well. Thank you. Very exciting. Do you ever feel anxious? Of course you do. We all do. Does feeling anxious affect your life on a daily basis? The National Institute for Health says that anxiety is the most common mood disorder. Disorder? Forty percent of Americans are affected by anxiety, particularly those between the ages of 20, 18 and 24. And it has been said that the feelings of anxiety could be linked to an enzyme receptor problem, the enzyme to help regulate anxiety and depression known as MAOIs. It's also been said that this enzyme problem could be genetic. What if I told you that studies have proven that all illness is a combination of diet, exercise, rest, environment, genetics, and emotion? Genetics make up 5% of our health. There's a chance that anxious feelings are linked to perfectionism, but not always. And that perfectionism is a genetic predisposition. But remember, it's responsible for only 5% of your experience, so it can be changed. What are some types of anxiety? There's test anxiety, performance anxiety, maybe anxiety about a competition, or a speaking engagement. Perhaps a little bit of anxiety before you go on the air for a live radio show. Ha ha. You could feel anxious even for a date. You could be feeling anxiety or anxious feelings about something for yourself or for a loved one or someone you care about. And what do you experience when you have anxious feelings? Do you wake up in a panic? Are you anxious that you can't even get to sleep? Heart palpitations, chest pain, sweating, shortness of breath. Maybe panic attacks seem to stop you in your tracks. Or you could feel detached from others or detached from the world. Other symptoms, hot flashes, numbness or tingling in your body. These tell us that there may be some underlying anxiety. Maybe your anxious feelings show up in crying more or in anger more. Maybe they show up in hormonal problems. 
You can get mind anxiousness, which results in body anxiousness, leading to health problems. There are things that we can do to make changes that may not require medication. So tonight, we're talking about anxiety, the squeaky wheel. Anxiety is an emotion, like any other, with its ebbs and flows. When anxiety starts building on itself, it gets very loud. Like the toddler in the supermarket having a tantrum, right? And we can hear nothing else. This is about shifting on the inside so you can shift on the outside. We have to understand the message inside the mood, inside the emotion, so we can name it, respond effectively, and release it. Tonight, we'll begin to understand anxiety a little bit more, learn the message it's really sending, and then give it another job to do instead of a timeout like a toddler. I have a grounding exercise to get to later in the show as well as a visualization. So we'll see what we can get through today, but lots of good stuff. If you experience anxiety at any level, I'd like to hear from you. Share your experience. What triggers your anxious feelings? What are your physical responses? How is anxiousness affecting your life? The lines are open, 732-748-1079. That's 732-748-1079. And first off, tonight's show is brought to you by North Star Asset Management, investment advisors located in Panther Valley with over 30 years of investment experience. You can check them out online at www. NSTARinvest.com. They've been helping people create long-term success with their financial plans by choosing the appropriate withdrawal rate. If you're at a distance from their location and aren't sure whether you're in their service area, you can reach out and speak to John or Andrew. They may be able to come to you. For more information, call 908-850-9991. That's 908-850-9991. Or find them online at www.nstarinvest.com. Now, my last live show was about fears. Fears holding us captive from the life we want to live or we're meant to live. And that we make our choices by feeling either feeling fear or excitement, love. Are you going towards excitement and love? Or are you moving away from fear in your choices and decisions. We can live our lives out of fear disguised as practicality. If fear is holding you back and you want to know more about what was discussed on the show or if you'd like to hear it again, you can find that podcast as well as all of my previous show's podcasts on my website, www.laurencardinal.com. And that's cardinal with an E on the end. Again, I'd like to welcome the Sussex County listening audience to the show on WRSK 97.5, broadcasting from Sussex County Community College on Saturday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. The shows are recorded live, done here on Monday nights on WOLD. And for my Sussex County listeners, if you'd like to listen live or call into the show, the live shows are Monday nights from 7 to 8 p.m., on 107.9 WOLD Radio. 
You can listen to the show on the internet at woldradio.com or through the TuneIn Radio app on your phone. Now, on with the show. You're listening to Here's the Thing. I'm your host, Lauren Cardinal, board-certified hypnotist and results coach. And tonight we're talking about how feelings of anxiety become the squeaky wheel, getting all of our attention if they come up, right? If you experience anxiety at any level, I'd like to hear from you. Share your experience. How is anxiousness affecting your life? The lines are open, 732-748-1079. So how this show came to be. Now last week, as I mentioned, we spoke about fear. I got a lot of feedback about the show, with most people agreeing with me that we could talk about fear for three or four more shows at least. So I started thinking about specific forms of fear, and anxiety seems to encompass so many of them. It's related to fear, but it is different, isn't it? And we can have anxiety about anything. It's just the way the mind perceives a situation as unsafe or uncertain. As we've discussed before, how the mind does that doesn't always make sense to us in our external adult world. And different personalities may experience anxiety in different ways from different things. You may experience anxiety as a sense of insecurity all alone in the world or apart from the world, not part of a group, thinking, how am I going to survive? If it's perfectionism, it can get out of balance. You may feel that nobody understands you or that there's no one you can trust. And when you fall into that feeling, you fall into isolation even more, and then it becomes more of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And if this is you, you may feel anxious when you're alone. So you may stay in bad relationships or relationships that don't serve you very well. Or you may find yourself alone very little of the time when you could probably use time alone, but you're medicating yourselves essentially with people to avoid what's making you feel anxious, the aloneness. And that can sometimes make it worse. You may feel anxiety around the fear of seeming weak or a failure, a constant drive to prove yourself, to prove yourself to yourself and to the world. And if you make a mistake, you beat yourself up. I think a lot of us fall into that category. And it can accumulate to the point of a constant inner tension. You may avoid doing something because... You're afraid. And at that point, it's time to stand up for your own needs. You may be caring too much what other people think. Kind of the feel the fear and do it anyway. It's that action step. It's about the responding effectively step. There may be nervousness, shakiness to the point where it causes an anxiety attack. And if this is you... You may be very open, feeling other people's emotions as well as your own, kind of like you're taking on what they're feeling. And in those cases, it's hard to stay grounded. You're a, you may be a highly sensitive person, like an intuitive 
energetically, taking things on emotionally. An example of that might be if two people had an argument. You may still be able to feel it, either from them or even feel it in the room long after the argument's over. And it's not a matter of frailty to have that feeling or that ability or to take that on. It's just a matter of the fact that you're you're open, very open. You may have anxiety around letting other people down. And if that's you, you may be very highly responsible, very other-directed, always wanting to be there for people that you care about. Guilt could be a big factor contributing to anxiety and worry. And what is really anxiety could look like worry. You may give too much, and you just don't want to feed your children, let's say. You want to feed the whole world. It's that giving, giving, giving. And you may feel the anxiety around not being good enough, the self-worth issues. You may struggle with boundaries. And you may be physically affected by other people's emotions. Taking criticism personally, just remember it's never personal. There could be offhanded comments, which actually indicate more about the other person than you, which is why we should never take things personally. There may be shallow breathing. You may be more prone to food allergies or environmental sensitivities. You may need more private time at the end of the day to recoup. And you may deprive yourself of opportunities because of the anxiety. There are those that are highly sensitive or intuitive that take on others' emotions, but there are others still that take on, they have, they're highly sensitive and take it on physically. You may feel others' pain. So if you're just joining us, you're listening to Here's the Thing. I'm your host, Lauren Cardinal, board-certified hypnotist and results coach, and tonight we're talking about anxiety, the squeaky wheel. If you experience an anxiety at any level, I would like to hear from you. What triggers your anxious feelings? What are your physical responses? Where do you feel it in your body? The lines are open, 732-748-1079. That's 732-748-1079. So let's talk about anxiety. What exactly is it? To look it up for the Dictionary term, it says experiencing worry, unease, or nervousness, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. And I think we can agree with that definition. And I'm also in agreement with a gentleman named Tim Box, is a fellow hypnotherapist who recently wrote about anxiety. And the agreement that I have with him is that anxiety is emotion. At its core and at its basic form, an emotion. And we all experience all emotions at different times, but all of the time. And the reason that I explain the agreement with that idea that it's an emotion is because I think it differs slightly from common thought that it's a disorder or an illness, which is why I said that in the beginning of the, of the show. A disorder? And it's common thought, because it has been mentioned by authorities in the medical field. And it is, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, 40% of Americans feel this anxious feeling. 
and the NIH says it's one of the more prevalent disorders, mood disorders that we experience. So it's easy to see how it would be called an illness or a disorder, but at its core, it's an emotion. And I'm not here to argue that what the medical field is saying is wrong. It's merely just a difference in perspective. And that's what we do on the show, right? We discuss and take an opportunity to see different perspectives, to think about things differently, or at least have the opportunity to see things differently. So let me explain a little bit about what I mean about this difference. If anxiety is an emotion, then it is more simply an emotion that we can either lose control of or gain control of, like any other emotion. And our emotions serve a purpose. If we think about other emotions that we have and whether or not we have control over them, let's think about excitement, for, for example. You could be really excited about something. And you may control yourself by not jumping around the room. You may be more reserved, con controlling that excitement. You may keep your happiness in reserve. And while you're feeling it inside, you are controlling it. Sadness, if you're feeling sadness, you may already know what you need to do for yourself to pick yourself up. Maybe you call a friend. Maybe you just go out and get some fresh air. And we're talking about feeling anxious and that anxiety as an emotion so that you have an opportunity to gain control of it as an emotion. And we've talked about our conscious and subconscious minds before. Uh, we talk, we've talked about it many times, certainly in the show about hypnosis, but even aside from that, and just to go over it a little bit more, the conscious mind is your rational, reasoning, thinking mind. It's the one that's listening to the show right now. And it can do and process a lot, but it has a limited capacity. Your subconscious mind is your emotional mind, your feeling mind. And it's doing way more than your conscious mind, but it's doing it in the background. It's our beliefs, and it runs our behavioral patterns. Anything that you feel you can't stop doing, that you can't start doing, or anything that you can do without thinking, it's your subconscious mind running that. It's also your filter. And I've said this several times before. Your subconscious mind couldn't possibly process all that's coming into you and all of your senses. So it filters out out the things that don't match your current underlying beliefs. And by doing that, it further solidifies those beliefs in your world. And these beliefs and your subconscious mind are serving to protect you and keep you happy. That's the main function of your subconscious mind, protect you and keep you happy. And if we think about it, it's probably happiness at the forefront because if you're feeling safe, you are more prone to feel happy. So it might even be as bold to say as the primary function of your subconscious mind is to keep you happy. 
So this filter, your subconscious mind filter, can also act as a guard, let's say, guarding what you know to be true up to that point, those beliefs that you've formed since you were a kid. And reading through some of the information that this gentleman, Tim Box, had mentioned, I thought it was really interesting, his analogy and the way to think of it. So I want to share that with you. Tim says that, let's think of the mind like a ship. And the ship has a captain and a crew. And the captain is your conscious mind. It's got an idea of where and why we're going someplace and how to get there. A plan. However, the crew, the ones that have access to all of the steering, the engine, etc., is underneath. And if your crew is listening to your captain, you're on the course to your destination very easily. You're in control of your ship. When the crew is everywhere and not listening to the captain, we feel out of control. And that's because the crew members took on their jobs of what they thought they needed to do far before the ship had a captain. These crew members start working their jobs when you were eight or nine years old. And while it kept your ship afloat, you have a different, different destination in mind now. So what we need to do is get in touch with the crew members and give them new jobs. And we'll talk about more how to do that in just a bit. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Here's the Thing. I'm your host, Lauren Cardinal, board-certified hypnotist and results coach. And tonight we're talking about anxiety, the squeaky wheel. And I call it the squeaky wheel because what's the common term? The squeaky wheel gets the grease. It gets the attention. And when anxiety flares up, let's say, when you're feeling those anxious feelings, they become forefront in your mind. And so they become that squeaky wheel because they are the focus of your attention. And it stays there until you're able to get those anxious feelings to go away. So if you're experiencing anxiety at any level, give a call. Love to hear about your experience, how it's affecting your life, how you're feeling it in your body how you respond to it. Have you put anxiety, are you controlling your anxiety? And if so, how are you doing that? 732-748-1079. Now, when you feel anxious or fear or anger, you move away from the dangerous thing. When you feel fear or anger, because when we feel fear, it's because we want to be protected. We know there's something unsafe. So we move away from that dangerous thing. If you're feeling anger, you want to take action to right the wrong that's been done. Because we feel anger, yes, as a hurt, but it's usually in response to in some way that we feel we've been treated unfairly. That's where anger comes in. So you may want to take action to right the wrong that's been done. Similarly, anxiety is an emotion that your subconscious mind triggers in order to find the best strategy for keeping you happy. Anxiety is the response we feel that there's something important in my mind that must come to my conscious attention. Like, I'm going someplace tomorrow where I've never been and I don't know how to get there. It's the part of you 
that allows you to know that something important is there or coming up. Pay attention to it. Anxiety is a marker for important things. So what causes the anxiety to start? It starts when there is something important to pay attention to, but it just sits there, not having anything done. Think about, for example, a medical issue. You're waiting for the tests. You're waiting for the results. The anxiety comes up because it's something very important, but nothing is getting done about it from you. It's the waiting. You know it's important, but it's just sitting there. And if it's something that's happening in the future that's important, it might be the most important thing in life for the next few years. So we can't just forget about it or ignore it because it's too important. So the crew member whose job it is to look after this item begins shouting louder and louder because nothing is being done. Even if you've taken all the action that you can for that item in preparation. So this shouting crew member is the squeaky wheel. It's getting the attention. And what happens is that the other crew members, who just have the regular everyday jobs, start to shout louder in order to be heard at all. And now, everyone is shouting. And before you know it, you're feeling anxious without even knowing what you're feeling anxious about. And then comes the diagnosis, the label. You have an anxiety disorder. And then we think there's no escape. We have anxiety. And what you become most anxious about is having anxiety. How will you manage your life with this condition, this disorder? And if you're feeling anxious, having a disorder only causes more anxious feelings, right? Now you're the person with that disorder. And when anxiety is a feeling of overwhelm, it doesn't help to have another thing added to the pile. You may even start calling it my anxiety. Do you do that? Do you call it my anxiety? Do you take ownership of it and claim it as part of who you are? If you do, I hope you also claim my happiness, my joy, my peace as well. Considering that they're all emotions, we either claim them all as mine or understand them as things we feel that move through us. The danger here is when we believe that because we're told we have something, that we will always have it. Anxiety comes and goes. So does happiness and sadness and fear and anger. Our brains change all of the time. We're different than we were a year ago, and five years ago, and ten years ago, right? I'm inviting you to take the opportunity to decide how you're going to change. So our emotions are there to communicate a thought and then leave. So with any emotion, and in this case anxiety, the opportunity is to get a better understanding. Anxious feelings are really trying to serve you. 
the crew member is trying to do the right job. So we can talk about things to put into practice right now to ease anxious feelings. And Tim Box, the author that I mentioned earlier, discusses 10 things we can do. And I'm just looking at the clock right now and seeing it's probably a good time to take break. And then when we come back, we'll go over those 10 things in addition to a few other things. So uh, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. For those of you who are retired or close to it, have you taken the time to conduct a safe withdrawal rate analysis? If you're like me, you've spent a lifetime saving for retirement and now you want to make sure that it lasts. Few things are more important to the long-term success of your financial plan than choosing an appropriate withdrawal rate and establishing that rate early on can make all the difference. The investment advisors at North Star Asset Management in Panther Valley can help you determine what withdrawal rate is right for you. They've been working with retirees in the area for the past 30 years. For more information, the number to call is 908-850-9991. That's 908-850-9991. Or find them on the web at nstarinvest.com. And now back to Here's the Thing, a show that's all about you on WOLD and your host, Lauren Cardinal, a board-certified hypnotist and results coach. If you'd like to speak to Lauren, you can call in at 732-748-1079. That's 732-748-1079. Let's get back to the show with your host, Lauren Cardinal. Hello and welcome back. So before the break, I mentioned that there's a list of some things that we can do. And these 10 things that I'd like to discuss are from Tim Box that I mentioned earlier, fellow hypnotherapist who wrote about anxiety. And if you'd like to look at what he's written, it's called clearyourheadbook.com. You can look that up and read what he's written and discusses the 10 things that we can do. And I'll mention them in addition to a few other things. So first, the crew members that are in your mind, in your subconscious, can't hear what that job is what their particular job is if everyone is shouting. So quieting the mind is key. And when I was looking at this, a story came to mind from myself, from me. Myself is not a pronoun, right? My anxious feelings recently came out as anger. Last week, I was feeling it, although I didn't recognize it at the time. And being able to recognize it is also key. I started raising my voice, which I don't care for at all with my kids. And then all of a sudden, it was just like in my mind. It was like, fire, fire, time to stop, drop, and roll. It was just, whoop, put on the brakes. And I said to them, I'm out of sorts, and I'm just going to go out for a run. Time to reset, get some distance, and identify what was going on. I knew something was going on, but wasn't sure exactly what. So I ran, running out the toxins in my body, slowing things down, getting quiet and reconnecting. And I was able to identify what it was. Then I was able to do something about it. Sort of that identification, putting 
take, putting some action in step and then being able to release it. Now, at the time, it was putting a plan together. I wasn't in a position to do anything at that moment, but I was able to put together a plan of action that allowed me to feel like I was doing something about what I was feeling. And then I apologized to my kids for raising my voice and explained a little bit about what I was feeling and why I went for a run. And just for the sake of you out there that understand with the, with the kids, I did keep it simple because they, after all, they are teenagers. And to explain anything beyond 30 seconds would have been so entirely boring to them that they just would have shut me off. <laughs> so, quieting the mind. Quieting the mind, allowing the crew members to just whisper so they can be heard better. The second thing is to remind yourself that worrying is not the best strategy. And that may sound like a, a conscious thought, and it is, but it's an opportunity for an affirmation perhaps. Because you are better able to deal with any situation that arises when you're taking care of yourself. So considering an affirmation, maybe it's I'm relaxed and calm, and then breathe, I'm relaxed and calm. A third thing is keeping in mind that scale, 0 to 10, where 10 is just the top of the panic. And having a 10 out of 10 on the panic scale may only be necessary one or two times in your life, hopefully not. But if you're feeling anxious, take the opportunity to identify the number on a scale. And at that point, perhaps you can visualize the numbers going downward, like on a dial. Or perhaps feel into the number that you're feeling, if it's a 5. And then getting an image of the next number, getting an image of 4, and feel into that number until you bring your number down. Something else you can do is a grounding tool. A grounding tool is just an opportunity to come back into your body instead of keeping things rolling around in your head and spinning and spinning. Because what we need to do is get back into our bodies so that we short circuit. We're spinning, spinning, and we want to, we just want to short circuit that. So, a grounding exercise. Look around you. Find five things that you can see. Then, four things that you can touch. Then, three things that you can hear. Two things that you can smell. And one thing that you can taste. It's helpful to do this whenever you're feeling anxious, bringing yourself back into your body, bringing everything back to whispers, a quiet mind. The fourth thing, remembering that anxiety is not your name. It's not who you are. It's an emotion you experience like all of us. We just want that crew member to be okay doing another job. And five, Remembering that the feeling of anxiety is natural. We all feel anxious feelings. The sixth thing, feeling anxiety is not the way that it is. It's not the forever way of life. If 
somebody's feeling anxiety, let's say, comes into my office and feels like I don't understand how they're feeling. To a certain extent, I may not feel exactly what they're feeling, but I know what anxiety feels like. And it's the opportunity for me to work with a client to show that I can understand it without necessarily being there so that I'm in a better position to help pull you out of that and help you realize that it's not the way of life. It doesn't have to be a way of life. It's an ebb and flow of an emotion. So we work with that. Seventh thing, if you beat yourself up about it, you'll only end up feeling beaten. Be kind to your crew member. This is the opportunity to teach, not to chastise. You can think about how you could get this crew member to do the best new job for you. Would it be with yelling and anger or with support and teaching? So that's the part about not beating yourself up. If you're beating up your crew member, then you're beating yourself up. Be kind. Support. The eighth thing is that if we feel we don't have the resources to deal with something, we start to feel anxious. Resting, quiet time, sleep are fantastic ways to replenish resources to be at your best. And there is that, I guess it's the chicken or the egg situation about sleep. If you're not sleeping well, Consider listening to my podcast from July 10th. We did talk about chasing sleep. If you're feeling anxious, it may be difficult for you to fall asleep or stay asleep. So there's some strategies that you can put into practice for that. Even resting is always good. Your body is resting, and that helps to replenish the resources so that you can better deal with things that come up that you might that might trigger your anxiety. The ninth thing, remember that you are the expert on you. Bottom line. You know what you're feeling. You know what you're thinking. You know what your beliefs are. So if somebody, a friend, a relative, anyone comes along to give suggestions, of course we take it to heart. People that we care about that are well-informed, that have information to share, we can take that into consideration. But you know you. You're the expert on you. So it's a matter of checking in with yourself. Even do, do the grounding exercise again for yourself so that you can connect with identifying what's right for you. And the tenth thing. Concern yourself with only the things over which you have control. And that is you. Our desire is to be centered and grounded. Always consistent no matter what circumstances come our way, isn't it? We think about that. It's We want to be able to handle anything. We want to be so grounded and centered with ourselves that anything could be going on around us. We don't change. And that sounds like a perfect situation, and it is. And always remembering it's not about perfection, it's about progress. So the more that we can do that, the more that we can control ourselves in any situation, the more that we're going towards that, it builds our confidence. And when our confidence is building, we're in better shape to handle the situations, including anxious feelings, feeling like we have more resources to deal with these things. 
So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Here's the Thing. I'm your host, Lauren Cardinal. Tonight we're talking about anxiety, the squeaky wheel. If you have an experience with anxiety, if you're currently experiencing anxious feelings, give a call in. Share how it's affecting your life. What are you experiencing? How does it present itself in your body physically? And if you feel like you've gotten better control over anxiety, then we'd love to hear that. I'd love to hear that from you. What tools you put into practice for yourself to handle that. The lines are open, 732-748-1079. That's 732-748-1079. Now, in addition to those 10 things, we can do some things from a nutritional perspective. And with any of the items I mentioned, please remember to seek guidance from your medical practitioner to make sure they're a viable option for you. Things like uh, vitamin B12 for building back energy. The B-complex vitamins are great for helping your body deal with stress, whether it's the stress of being sick or stressful situations. Sea salt for minerals or concentrated mineral drops helps to keep you grounded. And the two together are like a boost. And you may not notice it fully, but you just don't get knocked over by things anymore. There's something about zinc and copper. If your zinc goes down, anxiety goes up, digestion goes down or gets worse. So those minerals. And when minerals get balanced, you start to feel more balanced, stronger, and perhaps wanting to be with people more. It's important to keep blood sugar stable, eating healthy fats. As far as herbs, I've been reading about the liquid 5-HTP, rhodiola, ashwagandha, which help the body deal with stress. Ginkgo biloba helps with focus. And things like valerian root and kava kava are like Xanax, my understanding is, but they're, they work less over time. So from a therapeutic perspective... Obviously, continue to speak with your therapist for understanding and for discussing um, ways to work through anxiety for yourself. But there's also the opportunity of dialectical behavioral therapy, which I have mentioned in the past. And it's often thought of to be used for borderline personality disorders. But it can be used for so much more than that because it's using mindfulness and teaching you to identify and be aware of the emotions. And I do understand that we have Jerry listening online from Neptune. Jerry called in a few weeks ago. So, Jerry, are you there? Yes, I am, Lauren. Hi, Jerry. It's nice to hear from you again. Uh, pleasure. Thank uh, you for calling in. Uh, just you're calling again about a topic I know well. Aha. Uh-huh. So what did you want to talk about tonight? With well, anxiety. With anxiety, my anxiety has always been super high. It has me on alert at all times. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it makes me, uh, well, it wouldn't bother anybody else. It makes me afraid of crowds and, and uh, I get nervous even if I go to a concert. 
Okay. And has it? you mentioned you've always had high levels of anxiety. Has that, with being around people in the crowds, has that always been for you? No, it's just within the past couple of years. Okay. Can you think of anything that may have triggered that for you? Or do you know, have an understanding of when the onset of that was? I have no idea. I was just tested that uh, when I, uh, a couple of years ago when I went for a physical. I make it happen mm-hmm. to go in every year for a complete workup. And mm-hmm. they said my anxiety levels uh, through the roof. And they couldn't They said your anxiety level was, was through, through the, roof? the roof? Yes. And how did they estimate that for you? Well, it's done on the scale. Um, from what I can in New Jersey, it's done on the scale. Uh, and I don't know how that scale works, but he, they ran tests and everything else, and they said, yeah, anxiety is, we just don't understand why you haven't had a heart attack yet, because it's mm. really dangerously high. So the anxiety you mentioned, the, the, the scale, was it um, answering questions, or was it based on your blood work or physical tests? It was tests? based on blood work, uh, blood pressure, a lot of things. They took it okay. into consideration. So and I changed how, my diet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. How have you changed your diet? Well, I eat more spinach, um, which I love. Um, I stay away from, you know, get fried foods and stuff like that. I, you know, I just not, I just, you know, ate more healthier, a little bit more healthier than I normally would have. Mm-hmm. And have you noticed a change? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> None whatsoever. And you mentioned something about mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Okay. I tried that, and it lowered it, but then I forgot what I learned, and then it just went back up again. So what did you learn about mindfulness? I'm curious. You said that it was working, but then you forgot what you were doing. Did you take a course in mindfulness? Uh, yes, I did. Okay. I found somebody that teaches it, and uh, they taught it to me, uh, like concentrating on one thing, letting mm-hmm. your body hold, entire body relax, and and, uh, you know, they had to slowly bring me out of it themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they had, had to do a couple of times before I knew how to do it. And then, like I said, the couple with uh, not sweeping and everything else, that, you know, it's like I said, uh, one thing sure. leads to another. Well, and when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, it was during the the show that we were talking about sleep. So if you're not sleeping well, then certainly your resources aren't there as much to deal with the anxious feelings that you're feeling. Now, you mentioned that when you had your physical a couple of years ago, they said that your anxiety levels were so high. What are they saying these days about your anxiety well, levels I'm and your physical state? I'm to get state? my next physical in two weeks. Okay. And I strongly, I don't think it went down. Okay. Well, and you would know, right? Because you're the expert on you. So yeah. you know how you're feeling. And you mentioned crowds. Are there any other triggers for you for your for your anxious feelings? Well, it seems like I'm always on alert. Things that you would you you as a person would not pay attention to, I would see. Okay. And that's always been for you? 
You know, just since the anxiety level shot, shot up. It's just I'm more aware of everything. You wouldn't, you wouldn't pay attention to it, uh, but I would particularly pay attention to everything. I, I, in other words, I'd scan a whole a- entire area. Mm-hmm. And kind of in a hypervigilant mode. Yeah, and it's never gone down. Now, Jerry, when we spoke before, I'm trying to think back because I know that we spoke after the show was over. Um, so forgive me if I'm sharing information from no, that's okay. that conversation instead. But I do remember you mentioning um, post-traumatic stress disorder. Yes. And how much, if at all, do you think any of that is involved in your anxiety levels or that hypervigilance? I have no idea. That is another thing that needs to be kind of explored, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that the mindfulness was working for you. Is that something that yes, you may have was, interest and, in um, going back to? Yeah. Yes, I, I'm very much interested in going back, but I can't find a person who taught it to me. I see. Well, you know what? I know that there are a number of people who teach the mindfulness meditation. Um, I can certainly get that information to you. I did email you. This is Which I received. kind of... And thank you very much. Did you receive that email? Yes, I did. Okay, great, great. So I can I can look up some people that teach mindfulness meditation and can get that information to you because obviously you want to make sure that you have somebody who knows what they're talking about. So that's great. Well, so that's a step in the right I direction for you. Better. I'm sorry? Most importantly, I want to get better. Of course, absolutely. And your desire for change is one of the greatest advantages that you have for making that change. And believe it or not, sharing it with you does help. That's great. Well, and talking about it, certainly. And knowing that you're not alone, if you were listening in the beginning of the show, the people who are feeling anxious feelings is 40% of Americans. So you're definitely not alone. And I would say, I think from the conversation of the show that we did on sleep it was 70 million americans something like that that experienced sleep issues so you're not alone i know that doesn't necessarily make you feel like you have it all solved right now um but it is something that people can understand what you're feeling so that there's a way to work with that to help you feel better well like i said i'm doing everything i possibly can that's uh, great. My therapist, she doesn't know that much about mindfulness or anything else like that, so I okay. just touch with it and just leave it alone. Sure. And we can definitely get that information to you about, about mindfulness. So, Jerry, one of the things that I wanted to do for the group tonight, and I'm just looking at the time. We have about five minutes left, so I think we'll be able to, to do this. If you can think about your anxious feelings and notice where you're feeling it in your body, where do you feel it in your body? In my stomach. Okay. And if you were to get some distance from it and let's say put that feeling that's in your stomach out in front of you, you may be able to notice what it looks like. Or just you might be able to just sense or feel it out in front of you. And with it out in front of you, when it's no longer inside your body, what do you notice 
now about how you feel differently in your body now that it's outside of you? You feel calmer? Yeah. That's great. More uh, serene. Great. And just by doing that one small thing, it allows you to get some distance from the emotion that it's part of you, but it's not um, permanently there. So even just doing that exercise, so you can better identify maybe where you're feeling the anxiety, what the anxiety needs to, what needs in order to feel better, and then thinking about that. And it's not necessarily oh, it needs food or it needs um, space. Maybe it's that it needs understanding. Maybe it needs knowledge. Maybe it needs a feeling of safety. Maybe it needs understanding. So an opportunity to work with it that way. But just putting it out in front of you and feeling calmer is a great indication that you have the power to make these changes for yourself. That's fantastic. Thank you very much. And may I say on the behalf of those that follow you, time spent on the radio with you is time well spent. Oh, thank you so much, Jerry. I'm so glad that you call in. It's great to, to hear you and really appreciate you sharing. There's a lot of benefit that comes because a lot of people resonate with what you're experiencing. I'll definitely be in touch, Lauren. Sounds great. Thanks, Jerry. I'll be in touch as well. Okay. Thank you for calling. Good night. Good night. So, great call from Jerry, um, understanding how he feels and what a powerful visualization that was, right? I mean, it's something that we can all do. So, if you've experienced feeling anxious. I hope that you found that tonight's show was informative and helpful. I'll always encourage you to continue to speak with your medical practitioner therapist. If you'd like to explore hypnotherapy, to be a catalyst for quieting your mind, to get some distance from it, to understand it better, or anything within the other aspects of feeling anxious, just please reach out to me directly at 973-418- In closing, I like to have the quotes at the end. Anxiety is a lot like a toddler. It never stops talking, tells you you're wrong about everything, and wakes you up at 3 a.m. The other quote that I have has to deal with the, the crew members. Tell the negative committee members that meets inside of your head to sit down and shut up. I would like to thank my sponsor, North Star Asset Management. I would like to thank our caller, Jerry, for calling in again and sharing so much. And I'd like to thank you for joining me. Set your calendar and tune in next week live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You don't want to miss the show. Until then, keep it light, smile, and enjoy. Good night.
For those of you who are retired or close to it, have you taken the time to conduct a safe withdrawal rate analysis? If you're like me, you've spent a lifetime saving for retirement and now you want to make sure that it lasts. Few things are more important to the long-term success of your financial plan than choosing an appropriate withdrawal rate and establishing that rate early on can make all the difference. The investment advisors at North Star Asset Management in Panther Valley can help you determine what withdrawal rate is right for you. They've been working with retirees in the area for the past 30 years. For more information, the number to call is 908-850-9991. That's 908-850-9991. Or find them on the web at nstarinvest.com. The views and opinions heard on the preceding program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Oldies 1079 WOLD or SRN Communications.